0: These are unprecedented times, and I believe that the Lord is doing something extraordinary. Something new is being birthed in the world, in our nation, in this church, and I believe that God is birthing something new in you and me. And I think it's significant that today is Pentecost. Pentecost is one of uh, three festivals in the Christian calendar. There's Christmas, when we celebrate that God came as one of us, born as the baby Jesus. Then there's Easter, when we remember that Jesus died on the cross for each and every one of us to take our sin upon himself so that we're free, forgiven, and have eternal life. And then with that barrier of sin removed between us and God, we remember Pentecost when God poured out his presence upon each and every one of us by his Holy Spirit. And when we look at that first Pentecost in the Bible, Acts chapter 2, we see that the impact of the outpouring of the Spirit upon the church was immediate and immense. So firstly, it impacted the disciples, those first believers. Think of Peter. Peter is the one who had denied Jesus, even though he said he wouldn't. And uh, he was afraid, hiding in a room with the other disciples. And then when the spirit is poured out, Peter and the disciples are transformed. They go out, they're bold, they're confident. They know what they need to do and they begin to change world. Maybe there's something in your life that you'd love to change, uh, part of your character that's always kind of niggled at, at you. Today, the spirit can fill you again and transform that part of your life that you're desperate to see changed. And the impact of the spirit on the church was also numerical. Acts chapter one tells us that before Pentecost, there were only about 120 Believers, then the Spirit is poured out, Peter preaches just one sermon, and we're told that 3,000 people came to faith in Jesus as a result. Pentecost comes from the Greek, meaning 50, because there are 50 days from Easter to Pentecost, the outpouring. But it also happened on a festival day, the Jewish Feast of first fruits and these 3000 believers were the first fruits of the church. So the church was then just a little over 3000 and it was very international in its makeup because the festival had pulled in people from all around the globe. And if you think about it, it's a bit like HTBB online in terms of our diversity and our size and scale, we're pretty similar to that Acts 2 church. So what I want us to do is to look at the end of Acts chapter 2 and ask this question, what does a spirit-filled church look like? What could HTBB look like? And if you're watching this today and you wouldn't yet call yourself a Christian, well, this is brilliant. It'll give you a window into what our community is about, the community that we're inviting you to come and join. So let's read Acts chapter two, verses 42 to 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe Those who were being saved. So, what did this spirit filled church look like? I want to mention four things. Firstly, they were committed. In verse 42, we read that they devoted themselves. That word means a sort of steadfast commitment. And what did they commit themselves to? Well, firstly, the apostles' teaching. The apostles were those first disciples, leaders of the church. And most of the apostles' teaching today is captured in the words of the New Testament in the Bible. So in other words, we can devote ourselves to learning from God's word. How? Well, one way is what you're doing right now, every Sunday, Join HTBB Online and as part of the service, you will always hear the scriptures read and preached on. And thank you for joining us, for being committed. Invite your friends. And I know it's not easy always doing church online. I look forward to when we can do it face-to-face again, Bukit Bukin Bintang, but in spite of not meeting physically, the Lord is still working through us at this time. So the early church, they knew what it was like to struggle with this. At the point of Acts 2, we read that they're still meeting face to face in the temple, but not long after our reading, they were thrown out of the temple. Actually, the Jewish council of Jamnia in AD 66 threw the Christians out of the temple and all of the synagogues. From that point onwards, they could only meet in homes. And that was the case for the first 300 years of the life of the early church. There were no church buildings to meet in for three centuries, but in spite of that, Christianity spread throughout the whole known world and the number of believers grew from 3,000 to about 1 million. The Lord is growing his church around the world, this nation and HTBB at this time in spite of the constraints. And as the restrictions ease a little, you know, you may want to begin to meet with family or or even members of your connect group or friends to watch HTBB online on a Sunday. So we can devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching through Church Online, but also importantly, try reading the Bible for yourself every day There's there's nothing like it. And we recommend the Bible in One Year reading program. Uh, You can uh, follow that as part of uh, the YouVersion Bible app. Gives you some scripture to read every day or just download the B-I-O-Y app. And it makes a difference. I can tell you some days you'll read a verse from the Bible and it will speak directly into your heart. It's like, oh my goodness, God's reading my mail. It'll speak into the situation you're facing. But I'll also be honest, other days, you might not have that wow moment, but it's still worthwhile. Why? Because every day as you read God's word, you're building this sort of bank of scriptural truth within you. It's like you're making a daily deposit into the spiritual bank in your life. And even though you don't realize it's there to draw upon when you need it the most. One of my hobbies, it's a little bit geeky, but I love history. And I was reading about the Napoleonic Wars, and in particular, the most significant naval battle in that war, which was the Battle of Trafalgar in 1805. If you've ever seen uh, photos of London, you may have seen Trafalgar Square named after it in the middle with a big column and on top is a statue of Lord Admiral Nelson. He's the guy that led the British fleet during the Battle of Trafalgar when he faced a far larger enemy fleet, the combined Navy of France and Spain. But as I sort of read into this, I, I learned something interesting about Nelson. When he was a little boy, he started a habit And, you know, it takes about three weeks to formulate a habit. But what Nelson did was every day from being a boy onwards for the whole of his life, whether he was on land or at sea, every day, actually twice a day, he would observe and then record the weather. He'd measure uh, the wind direction and speed. He'd take the temperature of the air. He'd observe the clouds. He'd look at the swell of the waves and he'd just write it down. I mean, some days that must have felt so tedious. But he was building up this sort of subconscious bank of knowledge. Why is this significant? Well, just days before the Battle of Trafalgar, Nelson was again observing and recording the weather. And he noticed something in the swell of the waves. And he thought, hold on, I think I remember, I've seen that before. He drew upon that bank within him. And from that observation, he predicted the exact moment, days later, that an enormous storm would break. And he devised his whole battle strategy around the chaos of that storm. The result? He sank 22 enemy ships with the loss of no British ships and won that significant battle. The point is this as you read scripture, as you deposit in that bank within you, you can draw upon it when the storm of life breaks. Right at the start of this year, the start of January, before this pandemic, uh, the Lord led us as a small little HTBB staff team to a verse of scripture, Zechariah 2.4. In it, it says, Jerusalem will be a city without walls. Such are the great number of people within it. Now, of course, we didn't understand the full significance of what the Lord was saying through this, because now, of course, every church in the world is a city without walls. But it did prompt us to begin a conversation of what would church online look like? So that when the storm of the pandemic broke, actually, we were ready and we were able to transition church online swiftly and effectively. Devote yourself the apostles' teaching. Secondly, we see that they devoted themselves to the breaking of bread. This refers to communion, the act of remembrance and how we encounter Christ by remembering his death on the cross. The Lord instituted this at the Last Supper. And when we can meet physically again uh, on top of Lot 10, I'm so looking forward to sharing communion with you. And we'll do it completely hygienically with little individual cups and wafers. And we can encounter Christ in communion by devoting ourselves to that. And then we also read that they devoted themselves to prayer. And I'm so thankful that you're such a prayerful church. Thank you. And tonight at midnight, we start our next uh, week of 24-7 prayer. We want to create an unbroken, unbroken chain across the week of prayer. And you can go to htbb.org forward slash prayer and grab a slot in our virtual prayer room. It's amazing. It's full of stimulus to help you to pray, to petition the Lord for your life, for this church, for this city, for our nation, for the world. But also think of prayer not only as um asking the Lord and wrestling with him, prayer can also just be relaxing into his presence and receiving his love for you. So that's 24-7 prayer. And today at 5 p.m., it's kingdom come. Just log back on HTBB online. You don't have to push through the traffic. And uh, we're gonna pray together and have an extended time of worship. Worship and prayer mingle together. And as we devote ourselves to this, I believe we're going to see his kingdom come in our lives, in this church, and in our wonderful nation. So a spirit-filled church is committed. They also committed themselves to fellowship, and that leads to our second point. A spirit-filled church has genuine community. Let's think about it. The Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity. God is one, He is one essence, but he's also three persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They call that the the Trinity. And in the Godhead, there is perfect community. And when the Spirit comes and fills us, touches our lives, we are then meant to reflect that perfect community here on earth. The New Testament word for this is koinonia. It means fellowship, a sort of genuine, authentic depth of friendship and connection between us. And I'd love to encourage you, if you've not yet joined a connect group, do join a midweek connect group, a smaller group where you can know that sort of Fellowship. At the moment, our connect groups meet online, but with time, they may begin to open up again a bit in homes. But either way, physical or online, it is a place of connection. And as we heard from Will, having um, things in place that help our emotional health at this time is so important, and community is one of them. Now, you might be somebody that thinks, actually, do you know what? I'm pretty resilient. I'm okay. I don't need that sort of community around me uh, to make my life go okay and I feel fine. Maybe that's true but I'd love to flip it around the other way and say this, maybe you don't need the community of that connect group but maybe they need you. Maybe they need your friendship, your love and your support and remember it's not about community for community's sake, it's all about people and loving People. The German priest, uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was executed for his stance against the Nazi regime during World War II, he said these amazing words. He said, The person who is in love with their vision of community will destroy it. But the person who loves people around them will create community everywhere they go. We are people and when the spirit comes upon you what happens is the spirit makes you and I know that we are loved by God that we are his children and that gives a an inner security and then from that place of security what happens is we can be undefended we can be open we can be transparent We know who we are, we know where we're going, we've got nothing to lose, and therefore everything to give. And that helps genuine connection. Uh, Sarah and I grew up in the northwest of England in a farming state called Cheshire. You may have heard of uh, the Cheshire Cat in. Alice in Wonderland, that's why uh, I grin a lot. People from Cheshire are are always smiling, but it's also uh, a farming county. So Sarah and I grew up around lots of cattle, but also sheep and um, like this one, sheep. And what that means is we know a few things about sheep. Sheep, I can tell you are not particularly large animals. Um, They're not particularly strong. Uh, They're not fast, and they're definitely not smart. But what you'll notice about sheep is they rarely fall to predators. Why is that? Well, two reasons. Firstly, because there's a shepherd to protect them. Interestingly, throughout Scripture, one of the most common uh, images that Um, the Bible uses to describe the relationship between God and his people is that of shepherd and sheep. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. So the shepherd protects, but there's another really important reason why sheep rarely get picked off. It's because they stick together as a flock. When sheep move, they move as one. Isn't that right? Meh. But community is not just good for this defensive reason. It's more than that. How we do community, how we relate to one another is also a powerful witness to the world. Just before the cross at the last supper in John 13, Jesus said to his disciples this, I give you a new command, love one another. In fact, he said, this is how the world will know that you are my disciples, that you love one another. And you know what? It's amazing when there's unity in the church. It's so powerful, what it says to the world, but also it's important to have this level of unity and fellowship between churches. That's why we we love Alpha. So many different parts of the body of Christ right across Asia are using this tool But also, it's why it was such a privilege for HTBB to be part of the steering group that helped pull together the Malaysia Blessing video, 80 churches. Do you know what? I don't believe we've seen that level of unity in the church, in this nation, since the great move of God in the 1970s and 80s. The Lord is doing something extraordinary in his church at this time. Get excited and and think about it. Over the last few months, pretty much every church in the land, in the world actually, has had to plant a church. They may not realize it, but that's exactly what we've all done. We've planted a church online. And what that means is the fear of planting is gone. We, we, we know it, how to do it. And I believe that as the, even as the restrictions ease, by his spirit, he's gonna inspire churches right across the country to think, wow, let's begin planting and seeing his kingdom come and the church grow. But it only happens when we stick together. So a church filled with the spirit is committed It has genuine community. Thirdly, it's one in which everyone contributes. I was thinking about how uh, in scripture, we're, we're told that the Spirit gives us gifts to use and minister. You find lists of the gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12 and in Romans 12. And if you read those lists, you'll notice that most of the gifts that we receive from the Spirit are to enable us to bless other people, to contribute to the lives of others. And this is also true practically. In verse 45, we're told that they gave to anyone as they had need. Thank you so much for the ways in which you serve and the ways in which you give. Through your contribution, we're able to do so much. We're able to reach people with not just HTBB Online on a Sunday, but midweek through prayer meetings, connect groups, Alpha Online, we're reaching more people than ever, the pre-marriage course, the marriage course, um, and also the food bank. Through the food bank, we've been able to really love practically those most in need. Actually, we've distributed over eight tons of food during the MCO. And I know that many of you have been volunteering, helping make PPE, personal protective equipment for those serving on the front line. Thank you, because of your contribution, you've made over 500 pieces of PPE so far. Keep going. And I've heard so many little acts of kindness between people in this community. No wonder Acts 2 tells us that those early believers enjoyed the favor of all the people. That's what happens when we reach out and make a difference. So don't just consume church, contribute. And then finally, we see that a spirit-filled church moved in the charismata, the gifts and power of the Holy Spirit. Now, our goal should be relationship with Jesus more than power from Jesus. God's power is never something he sends to us from a distance. Miracles aren't like parcels from Lazada that arrive disconnected from the sender. No, the power is in the presence and proximity of Jesus with us by his Holy Spirit. And this is happening already, I know. And the result of it, we read in Acts 2, is that daily, the Lord added to their numbers. You know, we're running Alpha Online. I can tell you, it works. So many people are encountering Jesus through doing Alpha Online and and having their lives transformed. I um, heard just this week that 20 people recently came to faith in Jesus through our Mandarin congregation. And um, they were able to pray for one woman who has given me permission to share her story. She, um, from being a tiny girl, had a, a problem in the curvature of her spine at the top of her of her back. And, um, Uh, Some members prayed for her in the power of the Spirit, in the name of Jesus, consistently over two weeks. And now she is straight. She's been healed. They sent me photos. It's amazing. And this is what happens when we invite the power of God to move through us by inviting the presence of Jesus by his Spirit into our lives. The Lord is doing something extraordinary, at this challenging moment in history. Do not take a step back. Together, let's push in to his presence and we can play our part in the evangelization of the nations, the revitalization of the church and the transformation of society. In Jesus' name, amen. What we're gonna do now is Ask the Spirit to come and fill us just as he did those first believers on that first day of Pentecost. So you might want to put your hands in front of you right now. They're empty because we bring nothing to this. But it says to the Lord, we're willing to receive all that you have. And then in your heart, just pray this. Come, Holy Spirit. God, would you fill me? with your presence, your love, and your power.